Hello, friends. I want to welcome you to our latest podcast talk. This is Pastor Marco. Listen, uh, we love to have you come hang out with us live. If you've never been, if you live in the area, we have two services, Saturday 6 p.m. and Sunday 10 a.m. And if you have kids, we have incredible children's ministry for all ages. And don't forget to check out our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. We believe this message is going to encourage you, but also challenge you in your walk with God. You know, church should be a place where you get built up, not beat up. Life is challenging enough and hard enough when you come to a weekend is to replenish is to refocus is to is to charge up again is to get gas in you again is to get you going for another week and so we come we open the bible to get divine guidance we believe this is inspired by god we believe that he has a word for us each time we meet you guys can bring me down a little bit um but but we believe that church should be a place where you should leave feeling like man i just got my life blessed and I'm ready to have another great week. I'm ready to be who God has called me to be. So we don't believe in, 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 in trying to make you feel bad or trying to make you feel guilty. Life has already done that enough. We believe that God brings us together to build us up, to strengthen us, to encourage us, to bless us, to make us who he created us to be in the first place. And so that's the reason why we're here. That's the reason why I believe God creates a place like this. And so whether this is your first time or your hundredth time, I just pray that you, are, you walk out of this place feeling blessed that you can this morning and that God did something in your life worth telling someone else about it. Can you say amen? Amen. Um, I just want to make a, like a weird announcement this morning. Uh, I, I just feel like I need to do to say this. I didn't want to, but about a month ago, I felt led to to disconnect from social media. I just felt like I needed a clean break. I needed to clear, just clear my mind and not be on, on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or anything else. I just wanted to just get a clarity, but I didn't want to announce it. I just wanted to do it. It's just something that I felt like doing. But a lot of people have said that they thought I blocked them on Facebook. <laughs> they thought I unfriended them. I didn't block you. I didn't unfriend anyone. I unfriended myself. You know, I took myself out of the equation. And so if you thought I did, I didn't. I love you. I'm for you. You can reach me through email. I'm doing that old school thing called email. Um, very simple. Pastor Marco at NewLifeSouthCoast.com if you want to reach me. We have an office. If you need an appointment, you know, you can call. You know, we, we're still here, okay? And I'm here, right? Today, when you see me, we can talk here, okay? The problem is... A lot of you guys, by the time we're done praying, you're already out. Then you're going online looking for me. I'm not there. I'm here. Right? So after this, there's a cafe. We hang out. We talk. If you want to meet me, you can meet me. You know, we can, we, we can connect in real time, flesh and blood. You know, this is my real face. You know, some people's profile, you're like, that's not you. That, you know what I'm talking about? Okay, I'm going to leave that alone. But I will come back to the social media thing when I'm ready to give you a full message on it. Because I feel like God's speaking to me so much about it. It's powerful stuff. It is a good tool, but there's a lot of things that's not good um, that I, I like to be able to just maybe help us with that. But that's a message for another time. Today, I want to continue to talk to you about the experience in God and how he's given us tools to help us experience him. The last few weeks, we talked about the tool of, of the Bible, how he, this is his word to us. We talked about prayer, how we can connect with him through prayer. Last week, we talked about circumstances. God uses circumstances to, to reveal himself to us. How many of you guys were blessed by that message last week about the circumstances? 
And if you miss any of it, it's on the podcast. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Shout Engine. You can find us on uh, iTunes. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but there's an average of over 3,000 people who listens day, every week to our messages. So the church is not just here, but there's people are outside of this who listen to the message. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to be in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 42. Today we're going to talk to you about how God uses the church as a tool to speak to us. God uses the church as a tool. And as I've been saying every week, uh, these tools, they're not individual tools. These are all pieces of the same puzzle. God uses all these different things to minister to us to speak to us, to show us his purpose, to show us his, his will and his desire for our lives. And today we're going to talk about how the church plays a role in God speaking to us. And we're going to read from the original church. When Jesus died and rose again, ascended into heaven, he says, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. It's going to come upon you. It's going to empower you now to begin this community called the church. And this is what he looked like right in the beginning. And this is what the ingredients of a key church should, should be like. Verse 42 says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, that's the cruise, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Can you say amen? That's the church of Jesus Christ. And that's the legacy that we're part of. Something has been going on for centuries. But in order to understand how God uses the church, the first thing we need to do, if you're taking notes, is we need to define what church is. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what that means. I think there's a lot of, um, I would say this, a, a lot of incomplete understanding of church. And I'm praying this morning we can bring some clarity, shed some light on what the church actually is. And in order to understand that, the first thing we need to do is we need to talk about what the church is not. Because sometimes you have to subtract to understand the actual meaning of something. And so if you're taking notes, the first thing we have to establish this morning is that the church is not a building. Case in point this morning, we are in a middle school having a church service. So that shows you that the church is not necessarily a building. The church is the people of God. Right, And we can meet anywhere and have church because what makes church church is the presence of God right, and his people coming together to have a service that honors God and blesses the people. And so there's churches that meet in nightclubs in New York, for example. There's powerful churches that meet in nightclubs. And you're like, a nightclub? Yeah, it's just a building. We're right now in negotiations to, to, to move into a Shaw's building. It used to be a Shaw's, but now we can turn it into a new life yeah. South Coast. It's just a building where you used to buy groceries. Now you, you, you're going to get spiritual nourishment. You know, it's just a building, right? So, so we have to be careful not to have this weird misconception that church can only happen in certain places. That's not true, 
Matter of fact, there's a lot of church buildings closing in New Bedford. This doesn't mean the church is closing. Buildings are closing because the church is the people. And where the people of God is, that's where church is happening. Right? So church is not a building. The second thing we need to establish this morning, that church is not, church is not a denomination. What do I mean by that? Well, God is not a Baptist. God is not Pentecostal. God is not Catholic. God is not Presbyterian. Right? God... He is God, right? And his goal is to establish a group of people called his family, the church. You will never find anything about a denomination in the Bible. You can search all 66 books. You won't find one thing about being Catholic or Presbyterian or Baptist or charismatic. Listen, God only wears one T-shirt and he says New Lifestyle Coast on it. Now let me clarify, that was a joke. Because we live in a very weird, sensitive time. I can see this on Facebook. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. He, I knew it was a cult. I knew it. <laughs> you know, no. People are going to be upset because God likes us better. No, that's not, you know. God loves his people, his family. right? And he doesn't put a label on it. The reason why we have denominations is because we're humans and we, like, we have preferences. We have theological preferences. We have the, the certain ways we like music. Some people don't like it here because it's too loud. Too loud. You know, when you go to heaven, it's going to be even louder than that. <laughs> I don't see heaven with him, no books, but I'm just, that's just my... Um, <laughs> church is not a denomination. The third thing we need to establish this morning is that church is not even a service or a mass. Now, this is very important. We understand this, that you may go to a church service, but does that mean that's church? You may go to a mass. That doesn't mean you went and were church. There's a difference, right? You can go to a Patriots game. does not mean you pay for the team. Hello, somebody. Watching from the sidelines and playing the game is two different things. So going to a church service and being in church is two different things. Today, you're going to go to some places. doesn't mean you belong to that place. Some of y'all are going to go to Burger King after this. Don't mean you're with the king. Right? You just. So there's. <laughs> some of y'all just, just kind of caught on down with the king. King. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> so church is not these things. These are misconceptions about what church actually is. So it's important that if you're going to understand how God speaks to the church, you have to understand what the church is in the first place. So once we establish those things that are not church, so, so what is exactly church? Church, if you're taking notes today, church is, is a movement of God's people led by his spirit. Right? When you read what we just read, that's what happened. That's how the church was birthed. Right? The word church, ecclesia in Greek, is a gathering place. The gathering of believers. Right? And he gave you all the ingredients here of what a healthy, let me say healthy church should look like. Because there's a lot of unhealthy churches. Right? And so, if you're taking notes today, church is a movement of God's people. God brings people together to birth something that they cannot do on their own. It's led by his spirit, but it lead, it's led by people who understand that we're in this journey together. Can you say amen? 
Pastor Mark Driscoll wrote a book called Vintage Church. Can we get some light in the house too? Because it's kind of it's kind of a weird mood over here in the middle. Some of y'all are like, I'm not, I can't really see you. Uh, you know, I'm pushing 40. I can't, you know. Um, thank you. That's better. All right. Oh, look, there's a lot of people. Pastor Mark Driscoll wrote a book called Vintage Church, if you're, if you're interested in going deeper. Which, by the way, every Sunday, we just scratch the surface on things. You have to be curious enough to want to do your own homework and sit down and say, okay, God, teach me more about this. Right? In his book, Vintage Church, he gave this definition of church. He said, if you put all these things together that happened in the book of Acts, this is where you get the real meat, the definition of church. This is what church should be about. He said, the local church is a community of Regenerated believers. The word regenerated is the word reborn. Okay? This is where you get the born again thing from. Who confess Jesus Christ as Lord. In obedience to scripture, they organize under qualified leadership, gather regularly for preaching and worship, observe biblical sacraments of baptism and communion, are unified by the spirit, are disciplined for holiness, and scatter to fulfill the great command and the Great Commission as missionaries to the world for God's glory and their joy. That's the real meaning of church, right? And if you're paying attention, basically what he did is he grabbed all the ingredients in the book of Acts and said, these are the key things that makes a healthy Christian church, right? And these, can we go to the ingredients again so we just make it clear? Go to the next slide. Uh, Look, no, no, the next one. You went backwards. Regenerated church membership. Why is this important? Because we don't believe in a piece of paper that makes you a church member. We don't do that. Why, why don't we do that? Because the Bible says the true membership is you having your name written in the book of life in heaven. That's true membership of the church. That's why you can go to any church, Baptist, Presbyterian, Catholic, it doesn't matter. Those are the, the local understanding of church. But the truth is the real church is your heart being regenerated, transformed by Jesus Christ. And your name is written in the book of life that one day when you leave this place, you know you're going to be with him because you trusted in him. Church needs qualified leadership. And scriptures goes into what that means to be a qualified leader. It has to be called by God. It needs to have integrity. It has to be a person of character. A person that's submissive into the will of God and in the leadership of the church. Church needs preaching and worship. That's why we do this every single week. Because every single week we believe God is speaking through preaching and worship. Sacraments. Baptism shows you that there's people who are saying yes to Jesus. We just had it a few weeks ago. It's a powerful thing every time we gather to see baptisms happening because he says Jesus is still changing lives. He's still healing. And communion is when we remember what he's done for us. Spirit unity. So critical that we're on the same page. Right? Because Jesus said the house divided against itself when it cannot stand. So there's got to be a unity to, to the church. Holiness. Holiness means that God is taking us on a journey. The journey with him is that we become less like the world and more like him. That's what holiness is. Holiness is not perfection. Holiness is being set apart. It's being distinct. It's, it's knowing that like, I, my life is not my own anymore. I belong to Jesus. And I, that's what I'm saying. You can go to a building, but it doesn't mean you belong to Jesus. There's a difference. Holiness is now the longing, the desire that we have to become more like him and less like us. Because he's holy and we're not. Can you say Amen. The great commandment to love. Jesus said, there's two things that matters. To love God is to love people. That's why we say serve the city. To us, is not, you know, charity. We're good people. No. Serve the city just says we are God's people. 
And this is what God's people do. We serve people. And you're, you're never closer, more closer to Jesus than when you're serving somebody. You can come to this building every week and get goosebumps when we sing and all that. That's fine. But the real meat is when you actually go and serve someone. That's when you're really close to Jesus. Because Jesus said, when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was in jail, you visited me. You will never closer to Jesus when you serve someone. You can do the, 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 the building thing for 50 years and I'd be close to Jesus. Until you actually activate your faith to serve people in a tangible way. Can you say amen? And then the great commission to evangelize and make disciples. Once you are a disciple, you want to make one. This is why there's a difference between going to a building and being church. Because you can go to a building and never have the remote desire to bring anybody else in. And that's what we call religion. You're just going through the motions, but you're not really activating your faith to help somebody else understand that, hey, God also wants to have a relationship with you. That's what evangelism is. So these are the key characteristics of a church that is really pursuing God as their prized possession. And the Bible says that it's for his glory. It's his glory. We just get to be in this glory and we get to enjoy what he's doing in us and through us. Can you say amen? Now, here's the part that gets interesting. I believe this and scripture shows this that it's God that leads people to a specific church. Now, you may come for many different reasons, but at the end of the day, you got to ask the question, why this particular church? If you don't ask that question, you will miss the point of why God brought you here in the first place or whatever else he may bring you. Maybe you're just passing through this morning. I don't know. Only you and him know. So you got to ask yourself the question, did God send me here? Because here's the thing. I never, ever have a meeting with someone to tell them this is the place you should be. That's not up to me. That's up to you and the Holy Spirit. That's a conversation you and the Holy Spirit need to have to say, God, why this particular church? Because you have so many. He's made sure he had so many that no one has an excuse. They can't find one. If you notice that, you like Catholic, he's got them. You like Baptist, he's got it. You, you like Pentecostal, he's got it. Like whatever your preference, he has it. You know, you like new life, he has it. You know, all of us have a thing, right? But you got to ask yourself the question, why? If you don't ask that question, you will miss the point. And the reason why I never tell people that this is a place for you is because I'm not God. I don't know why he wants to place you somewhere. And if I try to persuade you to be here, when something doesn't go your way, you will throw it back in my face. Hello, somebody. Let's get real for a second. Right? It's not up to me. It's up to you and the Holy Spirit to discern and say, Lord, why did you bring me to this specific group of people? What is it that you're trying to do in me? But also, what are you trying to do through me? See, God's goal is to make you part of something bigger than yourself. That's the goal. Right? The goal was never for you to just come into something and get something and then leave. The goal is, okay, why, God, did you bring me to this specific group of people? What is it that you're trying to do with me through these people? There's a reason why it's called a body. Right? There's a reason why he says this thing's supposed to work like a body. He didn't say work like an individual. The struggle, now, if you're paying attention today, I'm going to go a little deep here. The struggle that we have in our society is this. We live in a society that, 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 that pushes and highlights individuals. God is trying to say, I'm into communities. 
See, the Bible was written in an Eastern mindset where it was all about community. We. God himself is a community. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they say we don't do anything apart from each other. And we want to create a family who understands that we is better than I. So this is a challenge for us because everything screams I in our society. And God is saying, what about we? Right? It's one thing to say, what can I get out of this church? That's another thing to ask. What can we do together as a church? Are you, are you tracking with me? I know this is hard. It's, it's rubbing against the grain of selfishness and me, myself, and I, an individualistic perspective. But God is saying, you know, I'm trying to turn the grain on the thing. I'm saying it's about us. I'm trying to create a family. You can't have a family with just I. Matter of fact, this is when families struggle. It's when there's individual mindsets over the family mindset. Why does a husband and wife fight? Is because you're not listening to me. And you're not listening to me. So we go back and forth as opposed to wait. Aren't we on the same team? Shouldn't we be listening to each other? Shouldn't this be a we thing as opposed to I thing? Come on, are you tracking this morning? I need to bring out, can you bring out my friend? I'm going to bring someone to help me preach this morning. But here's what the Bible says. It's supposed to be a body, right? Look. This, this is a Brother Deacon. Brother Deacon is going to help me preach this morning. So Brother Deacon says, look, look what the Bible says about church being a body, right? In Corinthians, look, it says this. The human body has many parts, many parts, you know, the knee bones connected to the, you know, you know the, you know the song. But the many parts make up one whole body, just one, right? Just one. So it is with the body of Christ. This makes for harmony among the members. So all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. When you stub your toe, your whole body feels it. You don't go, you're on your own. You can say it all day long, but you're feeling it. And you can try to chop it off, you feel it even more. Right? And if one part is honored, all parts are glad. Like this morning, we read some of the praise reports. Some people, God's blessing them. What do we do? We all cheer because we're like, man, that's awesome. God, you're being good to one of my brothers or my sisters. And if you can be good to them, you can be good to me too. Like because I'm part of the same body. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Right? All of you are part of the same body and each of you can contribute to it that's why you got to go home and read the rest of corinthians because he talks about like can you imagine if your hand was like i don't need you i and your eyes like well whatever right can you imagine right your right hand's like we're going this way but your look brother deacon has lost an arm this is what happens when you're in church long enough you start losing parts but Brother Deacon's like, but we're supposed to go this way. But you're like, I want to go this way. So we're, we got a problem. 
What would you say to that body? You would say that body is dysfunctional. Right? Because, because what happens to a healthy body is that it gets all of his intake up here. And he begins to make his way down. The Bible says Christ is the head of the church. So this is already taken. This is why you can't say I follow Jesus, but I'm doing my own thing. I'm going to go this way. But Jesus is like, we're going this way. See, this is why you can't say I just went to a building and I'm following Jesus. No, it's like, what is the head saying to the body to do? Because he's the head. Right? And he said, right, because he's the head, there's a structure. You see, there's all much body, there's structure, there's organization. This is just one aspect of the body. We can add the muscles. We can add all the other things that compose a body. Do you understand this morning that God brought you to a specific church? And if he brought you here, he's trying to say, like, where are you in this one body? It's not, oh, look, you guys, look what you guys are doing. It's like, no, no, no. What are we doing? What are we doing? Isn't it great? They serve the city. Isn't that awesome? No. We serve the city. All of us. We serve the city. Isn't it great? They take offering to to help with this mission and I get to be a part of it. No, we take an offering. We want to do this thing together. We are the body of Christ and we're trying to, Brother Deacon, man, he's been through some stuff. You've been in church long enough, you know what Brother Deacon's feeling. Church people will mess you up. Hang in there, brother. Bless you, brother. Yeah, I call them Brother Deacon on purpose because, you know, we, sometimes people get into church and it's all about like, you know, I want, I want a position. You know. But interesting, if you keep reading Corinthians, he says, well, the head determines where you fit. It's not, the hand doesn't tell the head, hey, I should be an eye. I should be a mouth. Everybody wants to be the mouth. That's why I don't miss social media. A lot of mouths, no hands, no feet. You know, it's a lot of mouths. You know, you know the Bible even goes on to make a joke. He's like, can you imagine if your whole body was a mouth? I said, yeah, I know. I've seen Facebook. I've seen it. It's a giant mouth, just diarrhea. You know. Okay, that's too early for that. I just. He's the head. He appoints people, servant leaders, to have structure and organization so it's not chaotic. If your body doesn't have structure and organization, it's dysfunctional. It doesn't operate the right way. Right? So if it sends you to a body, you're supposed to be asking, why am I part of this body, not me, saying what the body should look like. So it's like, if the body already has a structure, then I need to find myself within that structure. And, and, and contribute to my body, because when I contribute to my body, then my body's healthy. Right? 
The body is, needs certain sustenance. There's certain things that is not good for your body, physically speaking. Spiritually speaking, there's also some things that's not good for your spiritual body. Right? And the only thing this is going to happen, church, we have to understand this, that the whole body is submitted to the head. If the body is not submitted to the head, then it's dysfunctional. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where we struggle with me, myself, and I versus we, is that the word submission means there's one mission that I come under. If I don't come under one mission, then we have more than one mission. And when you have more than one mission, you have what's called more than one vision. And when you have more than one vision, you have what's called division. So when you have division, you have more than one head. So now we are dysfunctional because this is where now our minds are all over the place because we're like, man, wait, I thought, you know, I'm supposed to go this way. I'm, oh, I'm not supposed to go that way. Wait, what, what, what does the head say? This is a mature word now. Right? Without submission, there's no healthy church. Understand this. Submission is permission. The head says something to the rest of the body to respond to. If it doesn't respond, the body's dysfunction. Are you tracking? See, the Bible says this, right? Husbands, submit your way to your wives. And wives, submit your ways to your husband. But when we have selective hearing, the husband says, well, the Bible says you should submit to me. But then the wife's like, but yeah, but it keeps going. He says, you should love me as Christ loved the church and he gave himself for me. So there's a mutual submission that takes place. I give you permission, you give me permission, and then together we're able to be part of something that is healthy and beautiful and that people can say, wow, wow, you guys are healthy. What you been doing? Brother Deacon, what you been doing? Right? So it's critical that we understand this. The word submission is the word permission. We give each other permission to speak into each other's life so we can have something healthy. And we submit to structure. Because we live in a chaotic world with no structure. Why are families falling apart? Because of the structure. The, the house is supposed to have a mom and a dad. There's supposed to be structure in the house. And when there's no structure, it leads to chaos. And so same thing spiritually speaking. There needs to be structure. And if you go on to read Corinthians, the Bible says that's why he gave you pastors and leaders and, and authority to say, like, let's create some structure into this thing. It's not a dictatorship. It's a mutual submission so we can all enjoy the will of God over all of our lives. All of us. And so I cannot be your pastor if you don't give me permission to be your pastor. Right? You, you, you heard me tell you about Johnny, right? Johnny, the kid that was running wild in church. Mom's trying to have a conversation with someone. Parents, you ever been there? You ever have a conversation? Your kid's just going crazy and you're trying to give baseball signals like, stop, Johnny. Embarrassing me. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. You're over here, but your mind's over there. So, so mom got frustrated with Johnny, grabbed Johnny, and set him down and said, Johnny, sit down. I'm trying to have a conversation. We all, you know, that face. But Johnny said, I may be sitting down, but I'm standing up on the inside. Unfortunately, that's a lot of people. They sit here, but they're not submissive to the mission. 
So you can't say you're part of something if on the inside there's rebellion going on, there's division going on, there's, you know, I smile away, but I'm going to go ahead and do my own thing anyways. Listen, you're never going to be part of something powerful that's supposed to work the way God operated for work if there's no mutual submission. If there's serve the city going on, but you decide, I'm going to do my own serve the city. Change my mind. It's like what you're doing is you're showing clearly that you don't understand how, what it means to be part of a body that does something healthy. Because, man, how much more powerful service we can have if everybody says, I'm on board. Let's do this. Let's do this. Now, here's where it gets interesting. The problem that a lot of people have with structure and organization, it's simply this. Most people want to be a big fish in a small tank so they can stand out. As you can see around here, this ain't no small tank. This is an ocean. We got a lot of people. This is the second service this weekend. There's over a thousand people. So they cannot be that people are going to just show. Like it's, it's, it look. You see how many little details are in the body? It's finding where I fit so I can make a difference. So I can actually say, man, I'm part of something awesome, part of something powerful that God is trying to do on this earth. See, part of, being part of a church, there's a lot of great benefits to it. I want to show you some things. I, when I say being part of a church, I mean like when you're submissive to it. Okay? Here's what happens. Here's the benefits. You have spiritual covering. You have an umbrella over you of pastors and leaders and people who care about you, who people who will ask you the tough questions because they love you and they're for you and they want you to reach your full potential in Christ. Not people that will, will, will just tell you what you want to hear, but they'll tell you what you need to hear. And so covering is powerful because you know you're not going through life alone. There's people that pray for you all week long. We pray for New Life South Coast all week long. From the babies to the oldest person in this community, we always say, God, have your way. Cover them, bless them, inspire them, motivate them, take care of them, protect them. Like, you are covered. You have wise and godly counsel all around you. The reason why a lot of people are not flourishing and thriving in life, because they have all the wrong voices. They listen to all the wrong voices. Instead of going to people who actually are going to help you reach your potential, you go to people that tell you what you want to hear. But the problem is sometimes what you want to hear is not what you need to hear. And if you don't hear what you need to hear, you will never grow. I read a sad statistic this week that majority of people will be the same person they are five years from now. Why? Because they never challenge their status quo. And you're never going to grow if all you hear is the same voices over and over again. Why do some marriages suffer? Because instead of going to wise and godly people who have been through some stuff in their marriage, who can give you some marriage advice from scriptures, who will pray with you, we go to people who have broken marriages and broken relationships and misery loves company. Of course she's going to tell you, girl, you need, to, you need to move on. You need to let go. But you need to get someone, some people say, no, no, that's just a season. The enemy is trying to attack your marriage. You need to pray. Come together. Care for the voices you're listening to. Most people are getting their theology from Facebook. No wonder we're a mess. Because it's a giant mouth. That's what that is. Hey, how about getting some people who actually care about you? Hey, can I talk to the young people for a second? Man, 
Could I be honest with you? Most of you don't have good friends. You have posers. You have pretenders. You have, you have people who are just there for whatever they can get out of you. As opposed to bring out the best out of you. You had to start discerning in high school. Who, who is this person that I'm sitting next to? Are they going to help me reach my potential in life? Because I don't want to be another person who fall victim to his circumstances. <laughs> Hear me out. Listen, being cool <laughs> don't last. You're not cool when you don't have a job. You're not cool when you don't have a stable income. Man, friends will fade quickly when you don't have that car anymore. How about you push to be a whole person, a meaningful person who has real purpose in life. And I'm not just talking to teenagers now because there's a lot of adults who haven't grown up yet. There's some dudes in this place. You're 32, but you're still acting like you're 17. Uncle Rico syndrome. It's time to move on. Come on, we got to go here. You guys can come up. Listen, it's time to grow up a little bit and say, man, God, I want to be part of something bigger than just me. I want to get around some people that are actually going to like push me to reach my purpose. Look, deep friendships is what we need. When I say deep friendships, man, I mean some people that I mean, we're on this journey together. When I was in college, I had a great friendship with a guy that, that honestly, in normal circumstances, I, I don't think we would cross paths, but God knows. Dude from Virginia, big white dude, big voice. But we hit it off. You know how we hit it off? Because we, we, we figure out, wait. We're on this journey together. There's a lot of things that are not God's will. How about we keep each other accountable here? We gave each other permission to ask each other tough questions. We even said, hey, let's make this clear. You can ask me any questions you want. Because we both want to reach our potentials. We don't want to fade. That was one of the most powerful friendships I developed in college. Do you have people like that in your life? Who refuse to let you fall by the wayside. Because I don't know about you guys, man. We hear this stuff, man. I got your back. But if you got my back and I'm drowning, how is that getting my back? How? Talking about the whole body suffers. This week, man, our heart's broken. We lost a young man. To this demonic thing of drugs. And we talked about it this week heavily, like, what else could we have done to help this young man? He was here. He was baptized. He wasn't a team. And he overdosed. How many more of these stories are we going to have? How easy it is to say, man, you're a mess. God helps those who help themselves. That's not in the Bible. We are our brother's keeper. It's clear that we need to do everything we can to not have another story like that. Listen, if you're struggling with substance abuse, we have a freedom crew in this place to help you. There's no shame in asking for help. The reality is we are all addicted to something. 
Like the social media thing, that's an addiction. Some people are addicted to approval of others. Some people are addicted to, to drugs. Some people are addicted to sex. Some people are addicted to making money. We're all addicted to something. We all need to cry out and say, God, I don't want to be the same. And I need to get around some people that will bring purpose into my life. This is why we, we this body, is set up this way. This is why we set up this way. Can you go to our last slide? This is why we, we believe this is how God speaks to us here. Every time we get together today, if you're paying attention, God has spoken. I'm confident that God has spoken to you. If you were paying attention, if you have an ear to hear, God has said something to you this morning. Either through worship or through the preaching. In a moment, we're going to open up a time of prayer. Man, you know how many powerful things happen when you just take a step of faith and say, God, I'm going towards you. And I'm going to seek you and find you. And I'm going to have my life transformed. God speaks to the cafe every week. Why do we have food? It's to say, let's mingle a little bit. Let's get to know each other a little bit. Let's go beyond how's the weather, how's the Red Sox. How about how's your life? How's your marriage? How's your parenting? We can help each other live the life that God created us to live. We don't have to do this alone. We have crews that meet all week long. Did you know we have 30 small groups all over the city that meets to say, listen, we can do life together. Church is getting so big, but we can create small units of people who can pray together, who can help each other, who can be a blessing in each other's life. When these things are happening, we got to ask the question, am I putting myself in those situations for God to speak? There's teams. We work in teams every single week. Why do we have six service cities happening? Because there's people in different teams saying, let's go make this happen. And God bless you for that. This is not, you know, this is all happening. No, it's happening when you are in it. When you immerse yourself in it. For the last 20 years of my life, I've immersed myself in the church. I'm here because people pray for me. I'm not here because I got here. I'm here because there's people who will pray and say, God, bless that young man. Rescue you. Before I even understood what it meant, there were people believing in, in God on my behalf for me to be here. I'm not here alone. This is not, you know, a side note, you know, on the weekend thing. This is a lifestyle. It permeates every area of my life. There's not a thing that I don't see God in it through his people. I didn't know I could preach until I got around people and they begin to spur me on and says, you should try to teach. You, should, you have a gift in you. You should go and do this. You, you should go and try this. And it was in here. It wasn't outside of here. It was in with the people, rubbing shoulders with people who have been on this journey longer than me. Rubbing shoulders with people who are wiser than me. There's not a week that I don't check in with my pastor. Not a week goes by that I don't ask him questions and, and try to pick his brain and try to understand how do we do this better. Why? Because I'm not I. This is the kind of church we want to build. We actually help each other. And we help the world see where there's a better way to do this life. Over the years, man, I've tried so many things in this body. I've done kids ministry. I've done youth ministry. I've done young adults ministry. I've done mission strips. I've been to conferences. I put on conferences. We've done all this stuff. Why? Because it's awesome when you become part of something bigger than yourself. We didn't get here on our own. So why turn it into something that God never intended for it? 
It wasn't about how, oh, I like it when you do that song. What happens when that fades? What happens when the honeymoon season's over? When people say, we fell out of love. How do you climb up to love? Is there a ladder that you fall off? Or is it because you stop working on your love? The Bible says, don't forsake your first love, which is the church. You hear a lot of theologies nowadays. I, I love God, but I don't have to go to church. That's a life in the pit of hell. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's the body of Christ. But if, you, if you're not here and you have some people around you, then you, you, you'll drink the Kool-Aid. No, we're supposed to do this together. Are you part of the church? Not you went to church. Are you part of it? Like, have you given your life to Jesus? Where he saved you. And now he put you in his family. The Bible says if you're not adopted, you're not a, you're not a child of God yet. Adoption process took place on the cross. He went there to purchase your adoption. That's the goal of Christianity. To write your name in the book of life. To know for sure, like, my life belongs to him. Not because I'm a, you know, I'm a good person. Look at me. No, because I need redemption. And he put me in a family so I can grow. And then after a while, when I grow, it's like, now, how are you going to contribute to this family? Because I have five kids. One of the most exciting things that happened recently in my, in my family, the last snowstorm, my kids helped the shovel. That's victory. That's growth. I don't need them to say, yeah, that's my house. That's where I eat. No, that's my house. That's where I also contribute. That's where also I am part of this family, and I help to make this family operate. Can you say amen? Would you stand with me this morning when we pray for you? Are you part of the church? Before you rush off, allow me to pray. <laughs> Are you part of the church yet? Like, have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Is your name written in the book of life? Are you in love with this church? When I got saved, that was a great, I was introduced to rap music, Christian rap music. I was like, whoa, this is cool. But this dude had a song called, I used to date a girl named World. Some of y'all are here, but you're still dating the world. It's time to dump the world and say yes to Jesus. We don't flirt with Jesus. We commit ourselves to his church. The greatest obstacle to people out there coming in here is not atheism. It's not, it's not being Muslims. The greatest obstacle to people who are out there who need to come here is when people who say they are followers of Jesus don't live up to their expectation out there. That's the greatest obstacle. It's a lifestyle. Once in a while, I believe God brings a message of like drawing a line on the sand. This is one of those ways. It's like, it's time to draw a line in the sand. Like, you got to step over and become all in with this thing. It can't be I'm flirting with it. I'm looking at the body. No, I got to be in the body. Be part of the body. So if you're ready to make that commitment today, I want to make this prayer right now. If you're here, you don't know Jesus that way. You're not part of the body. You're kind of outside looking in. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me again? 
Once in a while, man, we got we to gotta go a little bit deeper. I want to thank you for listening today. And I want to encourage you to share this with someone who needs to hear about the love of God. And uh, hope to see you soon.